Eclectic. Perspective. 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 Greetings. Welcome to another episode of Eclectic Perspective with Mr. Blue and myself, Aisha Calloway. Today we're going to be touching on the topic, the power of sex. Hmm. Well, Blue, you know the women repping, right? You know we run sex. You think? I'm what telling makes you. Think, what makes you think that women run sex? We run this. We in control. Women control whether or not they're going to give it up. Mm-hmm. They control how much they're going to give. Right. We got this. Mm-hmm. We make you give it to us when you don't want to. Well, it's been said that um, <clears throat> man's <laughs> instrument is, that woman's instrument is power. I will give you that. But that the men's instrument is control. So what, what this is better, power or control? Hmm. <laughs> Do I have to answer that question? Oh, yeah, this is, this is you know, we're honest discussion forum, and we, we keep it thorough. I mean, so what do you think? What's I'm more important, gonna... power or control? I think they can be equal at times. But the question was, I know. You know I got to be complicated. You know I have to be complicated. <laughs> uh, but it's the truth. I can't really side with either or. All right. Well, let's, let's see what um, our special commentator of the month has to say on it. I think women have all the power in sex, uh, simply because uh, women have the power to say yes or no most of the time. And women have the power to receive whatever they want, simply because men are so focused on sex so much of the time that they kind of lose their senses. And women can, we, I mean, we focus on sex as well. We, you know, it may not be um, politically correct to say so, but we focus on sex as well, but not to the same extent. And so since a woman, since a woman is the receptor, a woman is the receiver, a woman has the power to, to, to either open that door or close that door. And unfortunately, we don't use it the way we should. We allow men, we give out, we give men the power. But in actuality, we have more power. We just don't use it. Wow. I agree with that. You would. <laughs> it's the truth. It's the truth. It's the truth. <laughs> no, I do agree with that. I think a lot of women uh, don't realize how much power, you know, they possess when it comes to that. Mm-hmm. A lot of women give it up too freely in order to um, have that companionship or to get him to stay that extra 20, 30 minutes, whatever it might be. But I think in a um, in a good setting, and it may not be a relationship, but, mm-hmm. you know, women need to understand that's a strong instrument and in that we can dictate to men when it comes to that. And I think that's great. Yeah. You sound like you're not liking that, brother. You're just too quiet for me right now. Yeah, I'm just having some reservations about whether I want to <laughs> sign on to that or not. You might as well go ahead. I mean, people listen, so you don't want to make a fool of yourself and not sign on. Yeah. All right. So, I mean, it's, I mean, really, I guess that's the end of the show. Is that what you're telling me? Or is there some <laughs> other aspect we can explore? <laughs> no, but I will say one thing. I truly believe that if um, a man is handling his business, um, he does have control. Mm-hmm. I will say that. Mm-hmm. Have you ever been in a, in a situation in which you found yourself being in control based on the power of sex? 
I have, but um, <laughs> I've, I've been on both sides of the fence. Okay. Okay, that's, that's very honest. Yeah, I've been on both sides of the fence. And sometimes I'm trying to battle to see exactly which side I'm on, so, you know. Right, right, right. And yourself? Hmm. No comment. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just read your mind. I just read your mind. But I want you to answer that question, Blue. You think you're always in control? Nah, I know for a fact that, I mean, it's, I'm very, it's been very rare that I've been in control in regards to that matter. There's been a certain instances in which, yeah, I was in control. But for the most hmm. part, I mean, I had to bow down to the all-glorious treasure and, you know, Sometimes that was a very, very good thing, you know what I'm saying? But sometimes it was um, a bad thing. You know, I guess it all depends on how you view a relationship or view the situation. Some people take advantage of those that are less in power, and some are happy with having the power and keeping it mutual, making a mutual satisfaction across the board. But, hey, somebody's calling from the lovely state of Charleston, South Carolina. That's at this city, pardon me. And I would like to call them in. Caller, last two digits of your phone number, one five. Uh, yeah, I was like, um, my name's Ashley. I'd just like to give my comment on who I think has the power. Okay. All right. All right. I think women have the power, even before, like, just listening to you guys right now. Um, I never really thought about it, but I always felt like I had that power, being the woman. Mm-hmm. Um, right. To, to decide if I'm going to let them have sex with me or not, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That's my choice, and they have to respect that one way or another, you know? Mm-hmm. I agree. So, and what you know, Ashley's saying that, honestly, go ahead, Ashley, I'm sorry. Um, yeah, and just, you know, in turning into relationships, I never really thought about it, but I did always have that power. If I say no, we're not having sex. If I say yes, we're mm-hmm. doing it. It's very oh, cookie nice. cutter. Mm-hmm. I like her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, have you ever been in a situation in which the man actually elicited the power? Say again? Have you ever been in a situation in which the man actually elicited the power? Now, when we say the power of sex, we're not talking about just the act of sex, but all the um, basically um, denominators, the factions, and all that good stuff that derives from that particular relationship or situation which hems on sex. Um, I guess it has been situations where a man has had control, as you said it, um, probably just because if it was good or not, you know? Mm-hmm. I agree with that. Okay. Well, thank you for sharing your perspective. Thank and you. that was an eclectic perspective. All right, that was interesting. I love how I love the honesty in this show. Keep it in. I know, right? But I want to take it to another um, position, and I want to talk about prostitution and the power of sex. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely think that you know there's no fine print so much when you think about prostitution, no future consequences. Um, in some aspects, of course, you have to think about STDs and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. But I think the um, when you talk about the emotional versus the physical connection, right. I think, like, for a lot of men, and maybe some females as well, there's no attachment when it comes to prostitution. I think mm-hmm. my, um, not so much my issue with prostitution, but my thought process with that is, in that instance, you know, the vagina is 
runs everything. I mean, you have to work for your money. So for a man to, you know, risk his life with this woman that mm-hmm. he has no clue how many partners she's been with, that she's been safe, and mm-hmm. then he's going to pay for services? I mean, is the vagina truly that powerful that you don't have to spend your money on it? You can't. I don't know. You can't just take the time to get to know somebody, and maybe that's not what it's about for that individual, but, I mean, there's plenty of women out there giving it up left or right. They ain't asking for dinner. They ain't asking for your time. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just, I think that's crazy. Let's see what our special commentator, Miss Tracy Phillips, a professor at Springfield College located in North Charleston, South Carolina, who is days away, weeks away from um, securing her doctorate. And um, congratulations, Miss Doctor, soon to be Doctor Tracy Phillips. And we're going to hear her um, perspective in regards to prostitution. I honestly believe prostitution should be legalized. But I also believe that prostitution should should be, if it is legalized, I think it should be overseen um, by an agency situation. In other words, health examinations and there should be some legal protection for prostitutes. But I definitely believe it should be. I mean, let's be honest with you. Prostitution's been going on, whether it's whether it's formal or informal, since the dawn of time. It's just some smart women decided, or some women decided, hey, why not profit for what I'm already doing? And I think that if we legalize prostitution, then I, then that it would give more protection to the women who have chosen that as their profession. So yeah, I definitely believe it should be legalized. I agree with you on that. I do. I mean, this is going to be, a, I guess, a, a weird thought that I'm going to pull from my mind, but in a lot of aspects, I feel like women are already prostitutes. I mean, you know, men take you out to dinner, they spend time with you, they buy you this, buy you that, and then you sleep with them. So in my mind, because they paid with their time, they paid with their finances, mm-hmm. you give them that service. So it's the same thing um, to an extent. I mean, even a husband and wife to an extent is the same thing because, you know, you cooking and cleaning the female mm-hmm. and, you know, taking care of the kids or what have you. But if you stop doing completely all of those things, I better not go stick around and pay all the bills. He not. Mm-hmm. Um, so even to an extent, and I, I just don't think that prostitution is a bad thing. I really don't. I really don't. But I just got an email. And, of course, no name. And this, I'm pretty sure it's a male. I'm assuming it is anyway. He says, um, you don't have to waste time and money on a serious relationship. He doesn't have time to waste on a serious relationship. Mm-hmm. He says, sex with a potential woman. You have to wine and dine her lots of conversations, spend a time with her, possible children, meeting her family and friends. And you have to spend so much money, he stresses. <laughs> And he says with the prostitute, he pays, and he immediately gets what he wants. He doesn't care who he is or what he does. Wow. So I guess that brother spent a lot of money on prostitutes. Um, he's got more in a relationship, so I guess he's getting his money's worth. I guess. And, and that's fine if that's his viewpoint. I'm not knocking that brother. That's his thing. That's his thing. But, again, I just you have to be so careful. And, again, I guess it depends on the type of prostitute you're dealing with, because they do have some high-class ones, you know, where you're paying a top dollar. Mm-hmm. And then you probably can go like on Sproul Avenue and pay twenty five thirty, and you know you get what you get. Right. But uh, I don't know. What do you think about prostitutes? I think that um, I 
personally would not invest in the prostitute. But, I mean, when you use the formula, you know, the time you spend taking a woman out to eat or going to the movies and all that, and then still don't get any, um, I guess when it's all said and done, you probably would have been better off paying for a prostitute. Um, like I said, I don't particularly care, would cater to that mind state. But, I mean, I do understand it. I do understand that, um, how it works. Um, I think the only state that we have currently that supports it is um, Nevada. But I could see that opening up in more states expanding it. Maybe not as far as the Bible Belt, which we currently find ourselves in, but just mm-hmm. based on, you know, government, income, and things like that. I mean, you could tax this. You know, about the curse. You could tax that, you know what I'm saying, really benefit the um, the state, the federal government even, because, um, I mean, look at how, look how many state governments are basically having budget shortfalls. South Carolina's yeah, one, North yeah. Carolina's one. We're all suffering from it in some things in some form. Our governors just aren't really able to really manage the money well because of their uh, philandering ways and um, women on the side. <clears throat> Thank you, Governor Sanford, for all that. Um, hey, but, anyway. hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, it is what it is. I particularly won't cater to it. I don't definitely um, can't see myself doing it. No um, disrespect to those that do it, and I do understand how it works, why it works, and why it probably should be legalized in order to, you know, for the government to do what they need to do. Government needs to do what they need to do. Also, that also advocate legalization of marijuana, but that's another show. <laughs> mm. All right. So in your opinion, do you think that sex has replaced love? In my opinion, I should wrote an article about that a couple issues back. Um, and I'm get you one magazine. <clears throat> yes, sex has replaced love, in my opinion, in many instances. I know many, many relationships are what we deem as relationships that really lack a love component. Yeah, there might be one person that loves, or there may be some instance of what looks like love, but it's not like real love or whatever. But it is high lust, high sex. Now, that mm-hmm. takes precedence over all the parameters which you will call love, you know what I'm saying? Um yeah, in many ways, sex has replaced love, and I really like to blame that. And I love to point the finger at media. People always accuse me of that, and they're like, why would you even always point the finger at media when you, your company is called Eclectic Media? Well, mm-hmm. it is true. I mean, we're highly influenced by what we see and hear, and so I'm thinking that really has a big influence on this thing on why sex is like really taking precedence over love. Yeah, well, I think but, um, that media does play a part in it, but I also feel that, you know, we have to take responsibility for our own actions. And um, I don't know. I just think that media plays a part as far as I think the idea of mm-hmm. sex, the idea of love. Mm-hmm. But I think once we mature, or we even attempt to mature, you know, our mindset will change. Okay. And I think when we um, – you have to be vested, and that's the problem. A lot of people just aren't vested for one reason or the other. They're not vested because they don't have time. They're not vested because they don't want to be – they're not vested because they don't want to deal with the drama. It's all types of reasons. Um, and I'm not even so sure that people are looking for love. Maybe they just want sex. Right. Maybe it's not an issue. Maybe it is what it is. But I want those. Do with it. <laughs> I want all those that are looking for love. The dial 646-378-0455. Once again, that's 646-378. 0455 and raise your hand. Well, I'm sorry. Push the number one so you could talk to the hostess of Eclectic Perspectives, Ms. Aisha Calloway, and that's Christopher Blue. 
Can you dig it? Yeah. What is your perspective? Call 646-378-0455 and press 1 to give your perspective. Okay, we have a caller calling from the beautiful city of Charlotte, South Carolina. Uh, last digits of your phone number, one zero. Caller. Hey, what's going on? How y'all doing, Chris? What's going Hello. on, Ms. Calloway? Hey. Hi, baby. This is El- How are you? This is chilling, chilling, man. This is El- I'm listening to the show, man. I'm all good topic. Uh, the power of sex. Hmm. I don't, um, I don't even know how to address what I'm going at with this one. I'm probably going to start a ride on your show when I say this. Um, yeah, I listen to that. <laughs> I'm trying to think of a way to put this without offense, nobody, man. Um, Just I say it. Sex, um, I don't, I don't know if it's so much the power of sex anymore. You know, if you can blame the media and anything with it, to tell you the truth, um, sex is more, you know, sex is a powerful tool. It's more of a weapon. I mean, it, it's pretty much... <laughs> I'm serious. It's the inspiration what everybody does. You know, you get these guys who buy these cars, fancy cars, they hook them up, the the big chain. What is all that for? You know, it's it's an attractive woman. It's an an attractive woman for the purpose of that. I mean, everything, I think everything we do almost is inspired with the hope of, especially if you're single, of meeting someone and having someone attracted to you, you know, as in some kind of lore. Uh, like animals do with sense. Um, I don't know. Ms. Cowell made a good point that people isn't about love anymore, and that's the truth. I mean, casual sex is, is almost as acceptable in society now like being part of a church. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> it's, nothing, it's nothing now to meet somebody and just, hey, yeah, yeah, that's just my sex buddy. I mean, that's just, you know, no no relation, just sex buddy, that's it. I mean, you know, and, and that's that's fine. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing. I'm not going to be one to say that it's, it's, it's the worst idea. I think that, hey, if, if you're fine with it, as long as both parties understand what it is, you know, I mean, you can't go wrong with it. But if you've got someone who's looking for more and, and all she is or he is to you is a Friday night late, yeah, you're going to have some problems. But <laughs> I, I don't even know. It's, it's, I, I listen to all your topics and your points on it. And I'm just like, man, it's uh, this this very well could go both ways, and then you have to find out, you know, find a way to pinpoint it more to we, we, what sex plays that more. You know, of course, the men get the villain role when it comes to sex, but in 2010, I've met many women who, hey, you know, that's he can do what he do and get the hell out when he done, and, and they're fine with that. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. 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 But what's wrong with that? I mean, men been doing it forever. So what's wrong with that? See, there you go. That's what I'm going to say. Um, it's, I don't know. I mean, and, and they say men do it forever. Women do it too. Women have been using they do. their body, you know. Hey, I mean, it's like uh, one of the funniest things is to watch is when somebody comes to town and you watch these women go out here and get some of the hoochiest things they can find, you know. They, they got plans mm-hmm. trying to trying this, man, you know. LeBron James coming to the wow. club and shoot. Watch your girls go to the club just a towel. I mean, they ready. <laughs> <laughs> no work needed. No work needed. Um, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, no, I don't know. I don't think there's anything wrong with women um, taking that role. I'm not saying I agree or disagree with their actions. I just think that 
It's about knowing what you want and being clear and concise about that, which is not always easy. And sometimes it starts out as one thing and graduates into something else. But I don't think there's anything wrong with women um, or men being just sex buddies if that's what they truly decide to be. The only issue with that is more than likely one person is going to um, begin developing emotional attachment, which can be a little interesting. Um, but I think, woman. I think it's all right. I think it's all right. Whatever. Um, <laughs> I, think right. <laughs> I think that's all right, though. I really do. I mean, I just think that women have been doing little things on the side. They're just more open with it now. You know, I think women are being more comfortable, like, you know, I want to do so-and-so, and that's what they want you for. But I think men, men don't tend to like that, though. Right, I well, think let me ask you being a one. Mm. Let me ask you a question. We had I had a discussion on my page one day with a woman who was sleeping with uh, a guy who pays her bills. He and uh-huh. she wanted to know does that make her a hoe? Because that was the only purpose. That was for her for him to pay her bills. That's what she had to do, and uh, she was doing it. And uh, someone told her that she was a dirty hoe, and she she thought of it as a business move. And someone told her she was dirty. So what do you think? Well, my mindset is a business move because, again, you know, if you're married, you're going to do certain things with your husband or even your boyfriend. You know, if you want to take marriage out of it because somebody's probably having a fit with me saying that, but even your boyfriend, there's certain things you're going to do with him, and he's going to pay the bills. But if you stop doing them things, that brother's not going to pay the bills. So I just don't see the big issue. Not saying I would do it because I'm more independent, but – I just can't knock people for what they believe. If that's what you want to do, do it. I think my only issue with that female right now is that she's second-guessing um, her actions. But other than that, hey. All right. Thank you, Dr. Calvin. Thank no you, problem, no problem. Problem. And that was Y'all have a good All right. Well, that's a definitely a beautiful segue into... Our next eclectic perspective, our special commentator of the month, Dr. Well, soon to be, Dr. Tracy Phillips. In 1972, Roe v. Wade, okay, um, abortion was legalized. That was the beginning, in some respects, of the end of the power that women had in regards to sex. It had two effects, very profound. One is that it gave women control over their reproductive system. Prior to that, uh, men held the power both in, in matrimony, both legally and socially, when it came to matrimony. Prior to, prior to Roe versus Wade, a woman could not control legally how many children she had. Therefore, if she was in a marital situation and she could not deny her husband sex, and so she was, she continued to have children, meaning she continued to stay under his authority financially. She couldn't afford to divorce him. If she did divorce him legally, the children would go to the husband to, to um, you know, he could have that power. With a woman being able to have an abortion and and have other use other types of, of birth control, it allowed women to control how many children they had. And by doing so, it gave us the power to go out into the workforce, to um, have equal equality in our relationships. So I think in that respect it was a good thing. But here's where it was a bad thing when it comes just to sex, when it comes strictly to intercourse and all of that. We had around that same time a sexual revolution. 
where women said, I'm going to, if I want sex, I'm going to ask for it, I'm going to do what I want to do. You know, burn the bra, the whole thing. Well, here's the reality. We lost the revolution. Because prior to the sexual revolution, women had the authority and power in the relationship. If a man wanted to have sex with her, he had to marry her, which meant he had to give her protection financially, socially, legally, everything. And she had rights. Once women started giving that away, once they started giving away the sex because it was free for them, men no longer had to wait for it. They no longer had to pay for it by via marriage or a committed relationship. So once we lost that revolution because now we, we jump ahead 40 years, 30, 40 years, and here we are. Most women think it's natural to have a sexual relationship within two or three dates. And then you wonder why statistically, especially in the African-American community, 80% of black women will never marry or, or not remain married. What's wrong with that picture? And it's not that marriage is the ultimate answer to everything, not at all. But marriage affords certain social and legal benefits. And we, we gave away those benefits. And now the reality is that if a man wants to have sex, he'll find somebody to do it with because the sexual revolution said women are free to have sex with whom they want. So women are out there having it. And the man no longer has to work for it. He no longer has to give it. And now it's gotten so bad that, in reality, men are treating women like toilets. And I know that sounds crass, but it's the truth. They get in there, they do what they have to do, they flush and they leave. And the women are sitting there saying, well, how come he doesn't respect me? How come he doesn't love me? How come he doesn't marry me if that's what she wants? Because you're letting him treat you like a toilet. He's not going to treat you like a throne because you, you let him treat you like a toilet. And that's simply, it all started back with the sexual revolution, Roe versus Wade, all the way back there. Um, now we got to get serious. Um, that was kind of deep. I think that things have changed from the era that she's speaking of tremendously. And, again, it's kind of like we've just progressed into uh, a new day and time. So, like in the 60s, 70s, and before that, you know, women were expected to, to wait. And if you didn't, you would earn a name quick, fast, and in a hurry. So things have changed, and I just think with things changing, things evolving, our mannerisms, our behaviors have changed as well. I don't know. Um, I do agree that women do need to have more self-respect if, you know, they're looking for certain things. But even with her saying that, I, again, feel like it's, it's all based on what you want, what you're looking for. And maybe they're not looking for a husband. Maybe they're not looking for um, security and stability and all those type of things. I mean, a lot of women now are on this um, kick of I'm this independent. So I don't know. I agree, but I disagree with her statement. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And what's your thought? <clears throat> well, I like to say that, you know, I'm just going to zoom out a little bit because that was a pretty profound statement, very deep It was, statement. it was. So I'm trying to zoom out for a minute while I process that, and I guess I'll just say a little anecdote. <clears throat> Physically, the penis is outside, speaking, asking. The vagina is internal, not outside looking. It's in its own, <clears throat> its own home, comfortable, content. 
the penis is always metaphysically asking for permission to enter the vagina, not knock. May I come in? So the vagina is metaphysically in charge of determining if the penis is worthy of entry. If done correctly, things are already even before sex takes place. The exception is the non-goddess begging for visitors who all forgot to charge entry at the door. That's an old-timey anecdote from probably the 1930s or 40s. Hmm. Hmm. Well, I know we're talking about um, the power of sex, and I'm going to bring this back to women. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is not really on a serious level, but I think it's important that women need to get to know their sexual body right. um, for their physical health as well as their sexual well-being. Because the more you know about your body, the more ways you will discover how to obtain pleasure and greater sexual gratification. Right. And the more likely you are to know when something's amiss with your sexual health or sexual functioning. Mm-hmm. Um, I find that more women, or when women begin to learn about their bodies, they begin to feel more comfortable with how their vagina acts and responds. Mm-hmm. They're intrigued by it. And um, mm-hmm. honestly, Usually they're quite empowered. They take more control of their well-being sexually and otherwise. Um, a lot of women don't know what pleases them. Um, they, they can have sex with anybody and it's good. I mean, unless that brother just terrible. Um, a lot of women have never taken the time to explore themselves, to find out what they like, what they don't like, how intense this is when I do it. Um, and I think that's horrible. You know, the great keys to success are, you know, feeling good about yourself, understanding your body, how it works. Um, you really just have to stop and, and take a second. It might sound nasty, but, you know, you need to explore yourself, explore your body. In the shower, just touch on yourself or whatever, you know, get a mirror, look at it, do something. But I find so many women, they're like, I just, I've never had an orgasm. Or they think them coming is an orgasm, and it's so far from it. It's so far from it. Um, I'm going to put my mommy on blast. I love you, mommy. Um, But because my mom was so open with me growing up, it was so much easier for me to learn about sex and to learn things that I needed to do as a female to be comfortable with self, sexually. Mm -hmm. And a lot of women, they just, they're so far off target. I mean, it's so sad when I'm having a conversation, um, you know, with somebody who's 30, 40, 50 even and have never experienced an orgasm. But yet the number of men you've been with is, you know, 60 Plus, sometimes, you know, they're just having sex for the sake of having sex. Um, there's a Jill Scott song, and I think it's a Tiffany. I could be wrong, but she talks about this great lovemaking session. And then at the end, she's like, why do I feel so empty? And that's a problem. I don't think it's, it's not going to be all the time, but you should not be having sex repeatedly, especially with the same brother. And you feel empty every time? That's a problem. And the problem is not him himself, because we need to give them brother direction. But how are you going to direct him if you don't know yourself? You know what I mean? Right. So I just want to put that out there for women, that they need to really explore themselves. That's, that's so, so, so needed. Let's go back to um, have sex replace love. <clears throat> My monologue for this evening. <laughs> there is no doubt about it. Men eat, sleep, and die for sex. If you're going to ask a man to live without sex, you might as well ask him to put a blade on his wrist and end his life. Mm. They say that most men spend many awakening hours a day dreaming about sex. They even think about it during work. Look at how they wake up in the morning. 
going on hard. They invariably wake up with a hard on and usually can't wait to quench that thirst. Come here, woman. Get over here. Some <laughs> men go into a panic attack if they don't have sex for a long time. But love, on the other hand, some people say it's highly overrated. You don't need love to live in this world, just as you don't need marriage in order to have sex. If the truth be known, once you have found love, you should count your blessings. Mm-hmm. I know I did. Because it's hard nowadays to even get into a relationship or even get married. I mean, if you can get sex without love, why buy the milk? And the only way they could buy the milk is if Cupid snuck up behind their back and stabbed them with the arrow. Take this mother. Mm-hmm. Beep. Watch your mouth. <laughs> Forbid if they saw Cupid first, he would die instantly from one hit straight to the heart. Mm. Have you ever seen how men in love behave? I've seen them, but never had it now. I'm reading this from somebody else's perspective. That I think about it. Any type of thoughts toward not being loved flew out the window. They are slaved by love. They pursue you. They whine you. They dine you. They can't wait to get behind you. They can't wait to get home, kiss you, and make love to you. And it's all gone down the drain once you settle into a relationship. To me, this writer wrote in, when you love someone, you have to celebrate that love like it's 1999. <laughs> Every waking moment. You should shower your man with love and attention. You should seduce him, not only in the morning, but every moment, not to mention bedtime. <laughs> the right time, baby. I know because that's how I would treat my man in a relationship, or even more in a marriage. Yes. She's a hopeless romantic. Yeah, but yeah, that's an interesting perspective. And I really felt gay reading that, but it's all good. Yeah. <laughs> well, the listeners know that you were reading it for somebody. Yeah, I was reading it for somebody uh, that emailed me. Yes, they A female. Thank you. <laughs> a female. female. Yeah. But, oh, um, was it? Hmm. I hope so. Um, and if not, that's all right, too. But um, I don't know. I agree with that individual that there is a severe difference between a sexual relationship and a love relationship. I just think that a lot of people aren't looking for love. A lot of people are afraid of love. Um, I'm going to put myself out there a little bit. I've been hurt several times. So I want to be in a serious relationship, Mm -hmm. but at this point I'm not really bothered if I'm not, if that makes sense. It's like, okay, I'll take my time with that part. Because, you know, love hurts. When you're feeling somebody and, you know, you think everything is cool and that person breaks your heart, that's something hard to deal with. And you don't want to take that baggage into a new relationship. So you may pursue something, and it may just be sex. I mean, hopefully not just casual sex with every Tom, Dick, and Harry, but it may be that. Me personally, um, on an emotional standpoint, I want to be able to emotionally just indulge myself into somebody and trust them with that. You were trust them with that. And that's the hard part. So I think... A lot of people, especially men, men hurt so differently than women do. Um, I've known men to invest all of themselves into women. And when them brothers get hurt, I mean, they've become the whole of all holes. I mean, they just, they hit anything moving. And, you know, for me, I, I kind of become a recluse. Like, you know, I want to be bothered by no dudes other than, you know, homeboys that can kick it and go eat, blah, blah, blah. But um, love, is, love is rough. So I think that people... We've been using the term so loosely today, but when you really think about love and being, you know, vested into somebody, that's a lot. Right. That's a lot to ask. That's a lot to demand. It's a, it's a big responsibility. So I think, um, and sex is too, because there's so many different risks, but I think sex is easier, if that makes sense. It's riskier, but it's easier. 
Um, but if you can't find that one person that you can love and make love to, have sex with, and and give your total self to, I think that's beautiful. Mm-hmm. And at that point, I can agree with the um, person that sent you that email as far as, you know, just, you know, just, just loving that man. I think last week I touched on how women need to cater to men more. I think it's so important that we do, we treat our men good. We need to massage our brothers and, you know, make them breakfast in bed and buy them little gifts and, you know, send them sweet nothing throughout the day too. It shouldn't have to be the man's responsibility all the time. Right. So, you know, I just, I agree with that person, but again, only if you in love, because I'm not going to give my, my, that much of myself to, to any man that I'm not feeling on an emotional level. Not doing it. Well, let's hear another interesting perspective from soon-to-be Dr. Tracy Phillips, a professor at Springfield College located in the beautiful city of North Charleston, South Carolina. Women had good relationships. You know, they had situations where they were courted, where men had to pursue them, where men had to step up and reach a standard in their own life in order to even be considered acceptable to the woman that they wanted where men had to do what men were designed to do. Men were designed to be pursuers. Men were designed to be mm-hmm. conquerors. God, that, that's a God-made thing, that every man in this world, by his creation of God, was made to be a conqueror. And you know what we did as a sexual revolution, what women did? We, we emasculated y'all. We emasculated men. We, they don't, young, men don't no longer have to pursue us. They no longer have to conquer us. They no longer have to set a standard and reach that standard to get us. All they have to do is take some women to McDonald's. Mm-hmm. And, they, and they get exactly what they want. So, so it, it not only hurt women in terms of the power, but I truly believe it hurt men because, especially black men, because if you don't, if a man has nothing to conquer, nothing to pursue, then his self-esteem is affected. And so you can turn this same argument and even go further with the fact that we have black men in this in society who have no purpose. You know, they don't know they don't even know what they're supposed to be doing. So they go and find they find their masculinity in guns and drugs and all this crazy stuff. You know, when what they should be doing is they should be trying to reach a standard to even begin to qualify to be a good husband to the woman they want. But instead, all they have to think of is, well, who do I want to have sex with tonight? I can call one, two, three, four. Who who do I have to put out the least for? And that's the one they call, and she'll give it to them. Where's, where's the purpose? Hmm. It, it, it really has it, it has some, some far-reaching consequences. Wow. That um, it has some far-reaching consequences, particularly in the black community, because I really think that we hurt ourselves. We, we literally killed ourselves when it came to sex by women, by giving it away and by considering ourselves free. We actually enslaved ourselves further. And now we're wow. so bound up and enslaved, we don't even know how to begin to be free. If a woman says, I'm going to re- I'm going to go back to the original plan and set the standard, and I'm going to wait till I'm married, and I'm going to make a man pursue me, she's considered an outcast. She's considered weird. And she probably won't find a mate, because why would a man pursue her if he can go out there and not even, do, not even have to do anything to get ten other women? may not be of her caliber but he can still have what he wants, which is sex. Wow. 
Mm. I'm going to let that marinate for a second. <clears throat> well, while you're marinating, I'll read a poem. <laughs> How do you make love to a black woman? How do you make love to a black woman? Romantically, patiently. Take the time to make love to her mind. Fulfill all her wishes. <clears throat> Cover her entire body with soft, wet kisses. Tell her so that she will know there's no place on her body your tongue won't go. And when you love a black woman, you love her real slow. How do you make love to a black woman? How do you make love to a black woman? Passionately and sincerely. Let her sweetness become your weakness. Do not use just a penis, but include your ear. Listen to the sweet sound of her moans and see what you hear. To the warmth and care of her loving embrace, place your mouth on hers and savor the taste. How do you make love to a black woman? How do you make love to a black woman? Sensually and honestly. Say what you mean and mean what you say. Tell her that you love her more and more with each passing day. Let all of the fantasies that dance in her head become her moonlight reality when it's time to go to bed. Kiss and lick all over her body until you find all her right spots. Touch and caress her soft skin and make her real hot. Mutual satisfaction is a lover's plan. Love her because you're in love with her. She's your woman, and you're a man. How do you make love to a black woman? How do you make love to a black woman? Loving, lovingly, and completely. Love her until her screams of passion are all that you hear. Suck on her neck and stick your tongue in her ear. Hold her soft, round ass in the palm of your hand. Let her sexual wishes become your loving command. <clears throat> Love your black woman with your mind, body, and soul. She's the most precious gift on this earth. She's worth her weight in gold. How do you make love to a black woman? There's only one true way to start. To make love to a black woman, just give her your heart. I like that. That was cute. That was cute. That was good. That was the good. The reason why I won on poet um, of the year all those years in a row. But, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody, that was written by Mr. Blue. I just think you should put that out there. Oh, really? Wrote yeah, that yeah. to somebody, brother. I'll talk about that when the show is over. But, um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, sure, I agree yeah. with Ms. Phillips. Um, you know, and, again, I think we touched on this earlier, that times are just different. And, um. Uh, I know a female personally, when she was um, practicing abstinence, that's the quickest thing to get a brother to run. He was like, well, how long you been like that, you know? Right. Don't tell her brother over six months, but he'd be like, I'm out. <laughs> right, <laughs> I'm gonna right, right. I'm, I'm going to give you a call later on the day. <laughs> you know, so, I mean, it does make things a little more difficult just because of the times that we're living in. But, you know, it is what it is. Right, so I just wanted to understand her um, thought process on that. You know, why buy the cow when you can get the milk for free? 
I do understand her thought process, and I do agree. It's just that times are different. So I don't know if that will ever come back into play. Um, it's kind of, you know, marriage for the black community is, is rough. And at this right. point, I think whether a woman is giving it up or not giving it up on the standpoint of marriage that she mentioned, mm-hmm. I don't know if it would make a difference. I mean, really. I long for the days in which my son will be able to court a woman and they're both virgins when they um, lay down um, after their marriage. I, I would love for us to come back in the time. And I wish that I was the type of father that was able to lay that foundation for him. But, of course, he was conceived out of wedlock. Yes, I did marry his mother, but he was conceived before, um, before we got married. I just wish that all that could have been bound, you know, in the marriage, within the bounds of marriage or whatever. Um, you can set that standard that, you know, we wait and we give ourselves to each other on this given night in which we became one. Because, you know, even the the Bible passage itself, um, I think it was Corinthians. Let me mm-hmm. look it up real quick. Um, speaks on it. Um, what is the passage? What is the passage? You know, I don't go to church that much. Um, Hello? Mark 10, 2 through 16. Well, I'm not going to be a part of it. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, no human being must separate. And that's a profound statement that when you, when you, when you bound with one, when you have sex with one, I mean, it's a perfect fit. It's almost like a puzzle. They join together perfectly, the penis and the vagina, and boom, it's a union. That union is now considered one. So when you, when that, when you join with the person in this way, y'all yeah, yeah, become one in many ways. I think that in a way it's almost a disconnection of spirit, having multiple partners in spreading your love around in such a way. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a disconnect in the universe, which is hurting us as a whole, as a universe, where we can become a disconnected more and more as we pursue our lustful urges and, and not pursue true love or spiritual love. Well, I think we have to think about it, too. Um, you know, that's as close as you can get to another person is them being inside of you. Mm-hmm. Um, so it makes sense. It definitely makes sense. I think being able to make love to somebody is, is a very beautiful thing. Um, and we don't value it as much as we should. But, again, I mean, it's just it's society. I mean, you can't, I'm not going to say you can't change society. You can, you know, be different. But. But how many going to be different just, with you, really? You know what I'm saying? I mean, that's what I'm saying. You know, it, just, it makes life just that much more difficult. Um, I mean, imagine you have an attractive African-American female or any female mm-hmm. who's saying, you know, I'm going to wait till I get married. I mean, what are your chances of truly finding somebody? I mean, let's be honest. Right. It's not impossible, but it's going to be a long, lonely road for a long time. And hopefully, prayerfully, at some point, you'll be able to find that man who's willing to wait and, you know, court you and wine and dine and do all those things that you've talked about. But uh, I don't know. It's it's rough. It, it really is. When you start thinking about it, it's, it's kind of depressing, to be honest, mm-hmm. um, especially the divorce rate amongst the black community. Right. But um, I know Steve Harvey was doing a show recently um, about successful black women that just cannot find a mate. You know, she got the finances, no kids, the house, the car, and it's like, why is she not even able to date on a serious level? To get married, but just be able to date on a serious level. And I think, um, like Tracy said, a lot of our men have been emasculated. And at this point, I think that a lot of men 
a lot of males don't know how to be men because they've been so emasculated. I was telling um, a friend recently that, you know, that would be the last thing I want to do to any man would be emasculate him. I want him to feel like a man. I'm going to need you to fix that noise. <laughs> but, uh, you know. So the God, I that's why I want to hear that. I mean, that's what it was. The very actions in the society of emasculate men. I mean, so, I mean, how are you going to sit there and say that's the last thing you want to do? When, in a way, just the whole, your whole self, your whole persona is an emasculation process. Not no part of your own. It's, it's what you have to do to survive in this world for you and your children. But just your very being is emasculation in many ways as far as society is concerned. I can agree with that. Um, I really can. I remember meeting this guy, and everything was like, cool. And dude was like, you make me feel limited. I was like, what? You know, because I decided to be a decent single mom, I make you feel limited. So just because I went to school um, – you know, owned a home, he felt emasculated. Like, he wasn't good enough for me. Right. You know, I never said it, but but you're right. Society does do it that way. But, again, when it comes to that kind of stuff, I think it's a difference between male and men. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't ever want the two to mix, in my mind. Right. So, I don't know. So, do you ever feel emasculated, boo? I mean, I'm not going to say necessarily, no, I'm not going to say I have or I haven't. I know in, um, like in my marriage, for instance, um, my wife was really considered the primary breadwinner. Um, you know, she was a military, so of course, you know, not only are you warned a salary, a certain salary, but all the benefits that fall in line with that, um, medical insurance, um, life insurance, um, mm-hmm. housing, you know, it all falls in line with that. Basically, so with that, with that formula, I had to bring very little to the table financially because, you know, 60 70% of everything was taken care of just by her association, her being in the military. So um, after she got out of the military or whatever, I mean, it should have been a role reversal. Unfortunately, I, my degree my degrees weren't finished. I mean, I wasn't that far along in school, and then I chose a path of, of education that doesn't really warrant a lot of money until, you know, later years, basically after your licensure or your high master's or, high, or your doctorate level. Um, I guess the transition in itself was um, a disconnect because I wasn't able to take on the role properly, and that basically was one of the um, satisfactors that um, ended that union because I wasn't able to fully accept the role of being um, what we deem as the man or the breadwinner or the foundation per se because I guess we were accustomed of um, the military taking care of most of that and then by the time it was time for her you know, to get out of the military, she walked away from the military or whatever, that I wasn't able to truly accept that role. So I guess in that way, I might have felt emasculated because the dissolution of that marriage was because I couldn't take on that role fully at that time. Wow. So would you be cool dealing with a woman that makes more money than you do now? I mean, I feel like this. If I was in a union that did that for 10 years, why would that be any different today? And then, especially when I know the formula of society itself is more empowering of black women than black men. I, I know very few professional black men. I know part of their own, I'm sure, in many aspects. But even, let's say, like me, I mean, I'm, um, I'm a master's level um, therapist um, or counselor, whatever you want to call it. Um, I know other ones that are females that are the, of equal caliber in education and stuff who are directors of the program, who actually have a, maybe even different degrees than I have that aren't as strong or have as much power who make more money than I do, 
Mm-hmm. I could be. I can see myself in relationships with such women and have no problem with it. But I, I would. I would like to know what would, would they have a problem with making uh, uh, being with a man who makes maybe ten, fifteen thousand less than them. You know what I'm saying? I think that I mean many. I've heard conversations and I've been in situations in which people said they don't mind, but then I see that there is an understanding or almost a subconscious level of there seems to be some problem with that. You know what I'm saying? I do. And if they may not say it directly, but maybe some of the things they do, maybe some of the innuendos that come about it definitely seems to be pointing the finger that that isn't where they want to be. Unfortunately, that's where we are in society. That it's gonna hope society seems is set formula seems to be an emasculation of black men. Mhm. Well, not fair about that topic. All right. Well, once again, that's been an eclectic perspective. Please tune in next week for He, She, Cheated. Now what you going to do? Look forward to talking to you then. See you next week. Oh, that was a great show. You know, I believe the power of sex, yeah, it lies heavily in uh, the power of woman. But um, when it's all said and done, you know. I don't even know if the man has control, to be honest. I mean, the more I think about the scenarios and the situations, I mean, what do y'all control? I mean, okay, well, that's, that's fine. I mean, I'm going to go into my second monologue of the evening. Of course, I'm going to get cut off on the live preview, but for those that listen to the archive, well, they're going to get a mouthful. Here it go. Pussy is power, dick is control. Theory 137 by F. Christopher Blue. Let's just think about that statement for a little bit. Any female who has any experience with guys knows that the latter is true. Pussy is power. But I want to introduce you to a true and bold fact, and that is the revelation that dick is control. Power mm. versus control. If you had to choose one to be in possession of, which one would you choose? It is a careful choice, and one mustn't be too hasty when choosing. Does one outweigh the other? Does one give the bearer a clear advantage in the situation? These are questions we are going to introduce to you, and hopefully, when the light of knowledge is upon you, you can make a clear realization of the bold theory that pussy is power, but dick is control. Believe it or not, there are still those that dispute the sheer power that pussy possesses. There are those who will swear by the idea that pussy has no power when in fact pussy is a powerful entity that can and will slay even the most forlorn fellow. In fact, pussy has been known to even drive a fellow pussy carrier, that being another woman, mad into drastic measures. Let's reach further and find out why. There's a popular song by the Funkadelics called Atomic Dog, and it has the catchy hook of why must I, why must I, why must I be like that? Why must I chase the cat? That's my jam. Well, the reason that I must chase the cat, <clears throat> pussy, is simply instincts. I am genetically predisposed to succumb to it. I am pre-programmed to desire it and to seek it. I came from it, and thus I desire to return to it. When is the power in that, some may ask? The power is found in the knowledge that women have known that men seek them on a subconscious level. The power is knowing that men desire you and that you have it. 
no matter the potential hazards, no matter the warning signs, no matter the clear indications that this situation is not for us. Men seek you and want what you have, like the Nile crocodile that feasts during the great migration of the wildebeest. You wait, and women never have to wait too long because the wildebeest, men, come. And we come by the uncountable numbers to take our chances. And like clockwork, we are devoured by the queen of the Nile and her pussy, so we instinctively seek. It's ironic how wildebeest, men, stand at the banks of the Nile River and watch the crocodile Women devour other wildebeest, and instead of, instead of moving on to a safe place to cross, we follow in the same path of the victims that went before us. It is instinct that propel us to drive our good fortune with the queen of the Nile. And how do women devour us, some may ask? The answer is found in the daily activities of men. Everything we do is dedicated to women. Let's analyze that bold statement, the way men look. Is it really for other men? The way a man smells. Is it for another man? The clothes a man wears, are they to impress another man? What are the top five reasons a young brother purchases a motorcycle? One, the women will ask for a ride. Two, the women will ask to sit on it. Three, the women will wave as you ride by at the park. Four, so women will take a ride and then ask you to give their girl a ride. And five, so women just flat out notice men. Men, take a moment to think about how much our lives are centered on women, that entity they are in possession of. Our personality is geared, groomed, and polished to attract it. The jobs we seek are a vital part of the operation that attracts it. Damn near everything we do can trace its roots back to attracting it. We watch what we eat to attract it. We watch how we, we, watch how we eat, not to scare it off. Even simple things are to attract it. The tattoos we get, our style of dress, the way we talk, etc. This is about everything we do is an attempt to bring us lips to lips with that most powerful force we can see and touch. Women, what better position to be in than to be the controller of that? <clears throat> powerful force. Women control it, and it controls men. Believe it or not, men, it is never free. Even if you find it, you don't pump one red cent into it. You have already paid for it through the many preparations you have invested in it to even set up a chance meeting with it. The money for your car. Clothes, haircut, watch, place you stay, etc. You put money into it <clears throat> in hopes that it will bring you that much closer to it. You can't tell me that isn't power. But on the other hand, it is control. It is control, and control is just as valuable than power. Yep, I said it, and I'm going to prove it. In the short run, men can never compete with women in this world. The balance far more favors that of women. The sun seems to rise and set just for her and the stars or for her enjoyment. How can we as feeble men who through pure instinct must seek that cat even begin to combat such a powerful ally that women have called, <clears throat> what is it? Well, it's in our own matrix that we find the answer, dick. Dick is the only weapon that we have that can even begin to balance out this uneven struggle. Women do not subconsciously seek dick as we seek it. They don't have to because dick will come to them. From the outside, it looks as if women have all the tools for a total domination, I presume. But they do have a design flaw. Although they don't subconsciously seek it, they do unconsciously desire it on a level that we as men have yet to understand. And to help with that, they have been built to withstand this unpredictable and long withstanding sex drive. 
They can't get limp. They have the stamina of an Olympic athlete, and they rarely go dry. And if that were the case, they have developed artificial assistance to correct that. Where does the control come in? Well, men, by us knowing this small little detail, allows us to manipulate situations in order to gain control. Take, for example, a couple in a relationship. Their relationship is up and down, and they have their share of many problems. After a very bad fight, what happens? The woman is unstable, fragile, and in limbo. She has thoughts of, I can do better than this, and I know so-and-so wouldn't do this to me. What propels her to stick around? Let's exclude love from the equation because everything changes and all rules are out the door with love. The next thing is dick. It is dick that reminds her why she should stay. It is dick that says everything is going to be all right. It is dick that says how much we care and how much you are appreciated. Men are not orally expressive creatures, so we have to speak another language. And guess what? That language is dick. That is why makeup sex is so good. It's our way of saying, sit your ass down. You ain't going nowhere. Or, baby, I need you. Or have you say what corresponds with your sensitivity level. Either way, it is a language that women respond to and completely understand. They hear it from that one guy in the ear when the other several wildebeests are in her other ear. That control, although outwardly not as flashy as power, is just enough to help add some balance to the force. Pussy is power, but dick is control. <sighs> That was a very nice piece, Tom. I don't agree with everything you said, but, um, yeah, it was very <laughs> Of course you won't, because you think you had a time. <laughs> <laughs> and a bit of control. This is nah, a I don't know about that. Now. You're trying to run out a little bit. Look, I'm so serious. But because I was so vulgar, I must um, also go ahead and include my spiritual um, um, scripture for the day. <clears throat> please do. Please do. Here you go. Here you go. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud. It is not rude, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8 from the King James oh Version of the Bible. After reading um, that scripture, it makes sense, I think, um, when you think of people cheating and you know, beating each other and all this other stuff as to why they I think they um, they tend to forgive. I don't know about forgetting, but they forgive. No doubt, no doubt. Maybe just try to move on. Love is very powerful. Love is, I don't know. It's, the Bible has a scripture that talks about faith and love and um, how love is you know, the stronger of all. So it makes it sound crazy when you think about, you know, the Bible telling us that we have to have mustard seed faith, at least that, which is about the size of a grain of a sand. Right. And yeah, you're telling me love is even more powerful than faith. I mean, that's, that's kind of deep. Right. Like, you know, kind of deep. But it does make sense. I think that's why women tend to neglect their children when it comes to love. Mm-hmm. People lose jobs behind love. People go to jail behind love. Yeah. There's many of brothers you know? in jail right now behind that. Seriously. Seriously. So it's, we'll have to do a segment one day just on love. What What is it? You know, how does it affect the human psyche? What extent are we willing to go for love? 
All right. Well, it, it kicked me off. We didn't even get all that. Damn. All right. That's all right. That's all right. Mm-hmm. It was a good show. Good show. I thought the show was great. Oh, for real? That's what's up. It's like great show. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was good. I think it was good. Mm-hmm. I think it was good. We were a little bit all over the place. We're going to get together. <laughs> well, I think what it, normally I print out my document. I didn't do it this time because I was like, I'm going to do it on Friday after Blue um, put in what he needed to put in. Mm-hmm. And, um, Ah, I put it in first. What are you talking about? Friday. Oh, okay. Huh? I said I put it in first. What are you talking about? No, remember I always tell you to go and kind of manipulate whatever you need to manipulate, blah, blah, blah. Once I put my stuff in, I try to get it to you by Wednesday at the latest. Mm-hmm. And so, um, but you worked all day Friday, and then you had to hit the road, so I didn't think of that far ahead. Okay, so the next episode, I already put it out there, and I didn't even put it out there because I, I didn't even think about it. So it's going to be the, um, the, the one about cheating. So we're going to have to do well, some real reason that. We're gonna have to do some real some real research for that shit. Yeah. I agree. I think everybody's been cheated on, so if I could just get some people to call in and just express their story, not even give their name. And I think and I think a lot of people cheated. So I mean even that. I think a lot of people cheated, so even that. Exactly. You know what I'm they can call in and they say, Well, you know, they might do my voice. Well, I can offer your voice. I have programs for that. I just gotta be home to do all that extra stuff. And my, you know, I had to do something. I ain't never been cheated on nobody. You just said no. Uh, what is that? What is that? I had to do something. He had never been cheated on. I said, brother, by all the women you've never been cheated on. Maybe you weren't cheated on because y'all didn't define yourself being in a relationship. But please understand, at some point, some shit, you was not the only, the only this she was getting. And I need women to stop telling men you the best. Right? And then not only that, no, but I mean, I've been with I've been with men that has that were married. No, I haven't been with men. I've been with I mean, you know, I've known men. I mean, I don't know them personally, but I know of them. Blah blah blah. And they just swear their wife was holding it down at home for them, and I was fucking them. You know what I'm saying? And they're married. Uh, you know what I'm saying? But I'm gonna be wild though, because if that love factors in it, you know, that brother can be working with two inches, and ain't hitting on nothing. But when you love somebody, you know, that intensifies everything. So right, right. Could be, could be. But, I mean, just in general, like, I've had, you know, some dudes, you know, boys be like, man, I ain't never had bad sex. Every chick I'm with, she be like, this, 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 this. And I be like, nah, look, this five of us sitting in here, you know, two chicks, three dudes, we all kicking it. And all three of y'all better say, y'all ain't never getting nobody no bad sex. It's either those women don't know what they need and want, they lying. I mean, something. I mean, think about it. You honestly think you can satisfy every woman you've been with. Sometimes it's a combination of all that plus more, but 
I am so, I don't know. I don't know if I know my body too well. But I'm that chick, I'm not a brother, no. Uh-uh. I mean, I like what you're doing, but I, I need to love it. You know, I'm going to need, <laughs> I'm going to need, you know, it feels good, but I'm going to need to like this a lot. Well, you know, female sexuality can be a formidable thing. Women who know how to use it and have men at their mercy, those who don't tend to be vulnerable. The real power of women is not something to be exerted over men, but over themselves. In today's stressful world, women need to respect their sexuality more than ever. I agree. They, I agree. they never have to run after nor away from men, and power struggles with men are unnecessary. Do you know the power of sex? <laughs> <laughs> you be funny, be funny. Be funny. But I think, like, you know, for some women, men, especially men, men be like, um, I want you to be honest with me and tell me if I ain't doing it right. Mm-hmm. But y'all don't really want to know that. Oh, I mean, I want to know. I want to know what's I'm going telling you. Y'all are so ego-driven. Y'all are so ego-driven. I'm more ego-driven that if she don't think it's good, it's, I don't care what, it's what she verbalizes, because I want the truth. That's what I guess. I'm more ego-driven is I want to know that in her mind is where it's supposed to be. So I need to know that. I need to have that confirmation. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I think that men do need to have it, but I think that... No, so if I'm not doing it right, I got to do what I got to do to get it right. You know what I mean? That makes sense. I, you. I, so I, think I, I don't think it's an ego thing. I think if men just open their mind and expand them more, what you're teaching me is going to make me better and leave a better impression. Well, again, because they don't open their mind and affect their ego. They can't if they don't open their mind. Most men aren't going to open their mind, especially if they've been fed all them lies that you're good, you're the best, you this, you that, blah, 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 blah. One day you need to take the reins and just have, all, have them make elective specialists Probably an all-female version. Like, I won't even come on the air that day and just, be, be, just basically have a hash out with females about, you know, all the inconsistencies and what y'all, what y'all delivered to the men, you know, blah, blah, blah. Maybe you and, like, four girls on the line, you know what I'm saying? Maybe I'll do that, at least yeah. three. That sounds mm-hmm. good. That sounds yeah, good. Yeah, girl, we just call it, yeah, sex disrespect is real talk, girl talk. And then, like, the following week, you'll do, um... Ain't no, man, ain't no man gonna put their business out there like that. Don't you, no, don't I don't mean put their business out. I just mean like talk. Like, do y'all brothers really think that every chick you been with, you know, have you ever had a chick tell you wasn't right? They ain't got, you know, use their real name. Mm-hmm. You know, but I think a lot of men say that, and even though they're they're willing to strive for perfection or strive to be better and satisfy you more, it's still that as soon as they start, well, how was it this time? They just need to know they do it. <laughs> mm-hmm. And honestly. I think that every, and this is my opinion, I think that every sexual experience, I don't think there should ever be a man that's able to be with me, um, and he just likes. Maybe he got some good head, but his joking is off Or maybe his joking is great, but his head is off I just don't think that, I mean, I, every woman's body is so different. How in the world can what you did for her work for me? It, it just doesn't make sense in my mind. I don't know. And, again, maybe I know my body too much. Maybe that's the problem. So I'm so serious about that. I'm like, I've had dudes tell me I ain't never got complaints about my head. I ain't never got complaints about the way I put it down. And I was looking like, brother, they just, they they were lying. They were trying to feel your, your feelings or something because you're good. But, I mean, it's nothing. If I didn't like you, if it was just based on just your performance and not, you know, the wine and dining and the good conversation and brother it would definitely not be around too. Please let me I'm so serious. I mean you know I've been on like this little hiatus or asking it for almost the last two years, but 
I mean, even when I do that, I was kicking it with that was like my boyfriend. You know, you initially start doing things, I try to have such a high expectation. If it's good, that's mm-hmm. awesome. If it's not, then we can work on it. But I have yet. I mean, any man that I know of, whether he's a homeboy or an ex or a friend, whatever, that knowingly said, you know, that he know he's not all right in some areas. Me, personally, I don't think I'm the best writer. I've never had a man tell me I'm not, but that's my mm-hmm. personal observation of myself. That's what I think. You know the best writer? I don't think so. I've never had a man tell me that. Well, I can see why you wouldn't be the best rider just based on the fact that like, you're long and lanky and a motherfucker. Say what now? You're long and lanky and a motherfucker. It's not really conducive oh, to riding. I'm not conducive to riding? Yeah, I mean, let's look at it. Pretty much every man you've been with has been shorter than you, right? No. How many men you've been with has been taller? The dude I'm, like, kicking away right now, he's the so, shortest guy I've ever dated. Most yeah, of the deal yeah, I don't recall you how good he was taller than me. He was like, yeah, way taller than me. He was like, that's stupid thing. He must have slowed down a lot because he, he did have low self-esteem. Anyway. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> that brother was, he was slender. But he was like, that's stupid thing. I could put him on five inches. He was so taller than me. I'm trying to think of, like, what? I'm trying to think of my best rides. I'm trying to think of my best rides right now. Let me think. And again, I, I mean, think about it. I mean, if you think about a ride, is it the best? Ain't it the best? It's not the most conducive position anyway. I mean, it's, just, it's, a, it's, not, a, it's not a bad position. It ain't the best position for a say. It, it feels awkward to see those in many aspects. You know so, I mean, that's just like the real self-esteem thing, you know what I'm saying? Well, I don't even think it's I like think a self-esteem thing. Maybe it's my discomfort. Like, I don't know. Like, for a long time, honestly, when I first started having sex many, many years ago, I never had an opportunity to ride. And I don't know if you get the first time a guy asked me, um, which is my son's fault, he was like, you know, he want me to ride. And we both kind of were green to protect anyway. But I said, well, you know, we were doing what we didn't know we were doing. But I said, you know. But I don't know. I felt so awkward. Like, I'm supposed to be doing this. Like, <laughs> I'm supposed to be moving my hips to my back like this. Mm-hmm. And again, I think what well, you Well, how about this time? Next time, just turn it around. Basically, you have your back face him while doing it. Then they've done that. I'm just that gives you a different perspective on it. Then they've done that. I don't but think have an issue with doing it. I just don't think I'm the best. Why, why, why would anyone want to compare themselves sexually to someone else? Anyway, you don't have to be the best. You're not the best at anything, but I know of. Whatever. Um, mm-hmm. But anyway, uh, I think it's a, it's a satisfaction thing. I'm like, am I really satisfying this dude? Am I really? Mm-hmm. If he comes, he's satisfied. Remember, men aren't, get, aren't really designed the same way women are designed. You're right. I know by far. As long as y'all in something long enough, y'all going to see. Right, I mean, it could be your hand with some good warm lotion. I mean, it could be your ear, as long as you got a good deep ear canal and you're listening to the same. So, I mean, it really don't matter. It don't matter. I remember, I remember a couple of times in which I got a tell girl, and I swore up and down I was doing the damn thing. It wasn't, it wasn't in the pussy or the ass. You know what I'm saying? Like, damn, damn girl. You didn't tell me that earlier. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it was soft and cushy. And my head was, my head was immersed in something wet. I thought it was all good. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> That was talking away like crazy. And what we hit, you know, nothing. You know what I'm saying? The motherfucker talking about me the next day at work. What, really? <laughs> yeah, but I'm just saying, I just, for me, it's not about being overconfident. Like, I'm next to I know I got some good stuff. My stuff's all right. I don't care what nobody's saying. I
there's really no evidence to support that. Whatever. It is. It is. It is. I thought I was about to be acting crazy after this one. But um, anyway, um. Oh my goodness. But anyway, I don't know. It's like that's like my one thing. Like if I felt like I needed to work on, and again, I've never had any um complaints about that. That's just a personal, a personal thing. I guess because I started doing everything else so early on, that was my last thing. So I'm always feeling like I'm still catching up in that area. Okay. Okay. And like I even had dudes, you know, like my husband, he's never had, he's never came with a woman riding him. Well, he you never what? He came with a woman riding him. He's just like all the time when I was riding him. That was like hey, the you design. doing that garage thing? So what? Are you on your way to the garage thing? I don't know what he's talking about, but yeah, I'm on the way to Oh, well, I thought his name was Gerard. What's his name? I don't. It's Ryan. Oh, how did Gerard out of that? I don't even understand. How far are you away? I'm passing out to the buffet right now. I'll reach you down a bit. All right, I'm coming, right? We continue the conversation in person. I'm holler okay. one. Of, I'm holler one of my other bitches and see if she's talking. About. Uh, what are you the what? Women, women. I'll hold it back. Yeah, I need you to clean that up. Whatever. All right. Bye-bye. All right. <laughs>